Masonic Light Podcast. This is Past Master calling in with my critique, thoughts, whatever you want to call it, on episode 85, entitled, When is Enough Enough? Initially, when I heard Maris pick the title for this, I thought this was going to be a, a major dud, but it turned out to be a pretty good episode because I've been complaining about the same things you guys did. We have half the members we did years ago, and we're still doing the same stuff we did. A couple of uh, things I noted or heard again. Deadman, you're hanging with Larry Maris too long. They're York Wright degrees, not plays. I don't know what's with you two birds. Let's see here. Uh, Pete, you're stressed out because you're in charge of three different bodies. Why don't you try and do four next year? And let's see here. Oh, and Josh, Josh Lamberton spoke. Larry, you shot him down, said he talks too much. Leave the young man alone. He's got to grow. He certainly isn't going to learn anything hanging around you, so just let him go. Jim Stevens' uh, Masonic, or excuse me, Lodge Business Brief. Very good again. And let's see, what else do we have here? Oh, I mentioned this before. These Masonic marketplace ads, they have to go. They're way too hokey. Pete, Tim, Jack, you're just, you're just, they're awful. They're terrible. Just give it up. I'm heading upstate tomorrow. For bear hunting, I'll listen to episode 86 when I get back after, uh, I don't know, December 3rd or 4th I'm coming home. I'm not sure. Any more episodes like this, I might, I might not come home ever again. You guys have a good Thanksgiving. Bye. From the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Hello, everybody. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to episode number 89. Unless you're listening to this next summer, and then it won't be New Year right. when they listen to it. So. 89. But it'll still be episode 89. 89. 89. Wow. Tonight's episode is brought to you by our Masonic Light patrons. <gasps> if you would like to become a sponsor of our show, please visit patreon.com slash Masonic Light Podcast. And I did make a special, a special, special list. What? You ready? I'll do it really quick. I'm not like Micro Machine Guy, but I'll go quick. Thank you to Adam Samuel Roth, Bruce Lynn, Larry Maris, Dan Madrigal, Daniel Hogan, David Sullivan, Frank Vital, Vitali, uh, Jason Brewster, Jason Short, Jim Stevens, Jack Harley, Josh Brown, Peter Ruggieri, Matt Blaisdell, Mike Hambrecht, Scott Mason, Sean Paget, Skylar Clark, Stephen Alexander, Steven Johnson and Tim Dedman. Yes. Yay. Not going to read you every time, but I just want to give you a shout out. Thank That's you. That's nice. That's nice. Let the record show that we're donors too. Yes. <laughs> we're not pulling anything out of this mess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but thank you. And th- uh, yes, thank you, Patreons. 
So uh, on tonight's episode, are we also going to hear? We have other clips that are going to be on here that are normal guys. Jim Stevens. Got Jim. Got Jim Stevens. Is uh, there? A, are we going to recycle a Michelle? Yeah, I can pull an old Michelle. Okay. She she did send a, an email saying she was sending a new one. Did you okay. get that yet? I have not. Okay. Yeah, she was working on it. And we are working on a new super secret segment. Yes, hmm. we are. That may or may not ever happen. Well, and I don't if it know. Does this. then you'll know about it. Yeah. Well, I'm unaware because the rest of the group here is in a little chat. Yes. A a group chat that I refuse to be part of. He, he self excluded himself. Pete in a in a tantrum uh, removed himself from a group text. And, there uh, is no hell like <laughs> like a group text. <laughs> So I mean, I'm curious to see what all you guys did for the show. All right. Since you guys made all these decisions, when we go to break, you'll know. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So uh, tonight's show, we are actually going to have a topic. So I'll give you a little teaser here. It's uh, Jack's topic: the flood of light. So many papers, so little time. Okay. So explain that a little bit. So it should be clear to everyone that nobody had this ahead of time and nobody's done any research. So we're just spitballing it. Oh, actually, I have. (laughs) All right. Nice. So uh, we'll go around the horn. It's been a while. Uh, Tim, what have you been been up to since we saw you in Reading? Well, um, actually, I don't know that we did an around the horn at Reading. Uh, So I'm going to cover a couple of things that uh, uh, I attended the uh, Grand Lodge communication, which was just prior to that. Um, where we uh, voted in a new grandmaster. Um, obviously, they uh, actually vote for it. I thought the kind of the fix was in. No, well, you know, it's uh, we may have uh, you know UN observers coming to check it out. <laughs> Baby but, blue but helmets. There yeah. were actual votes cast. One to zero. One zero. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I think it was like uh, it was in the hundreds, counting all the. Lives. I heard Ralph Nader got three votes. He might have. They meant to vote for Pat Buchanan though. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, I'm sold. Uh, um, we did mention, but it was in December. We uh, attended the uh, installation of our own uh, Josh as uh, worshipful master of Lamberton Lodge. Yay! Yay! And I have to say, um, we participated in the um, word of the chair ceremony that past masters know about. We won't talk about that, but uh, three of us. Actually, uh, well, it's a good thing the three of us went. It's a good thing. Now, 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 we're not going to throw anybody under the bus tonight. Let me just say, it was a it was a true (laughs) highlight of mine. I could have done it to be it. (laughs) (laughs) It was a highlight of mine of my Masonic career, not the but a uh, to be able to be a part of that for Josh. Absolutely. So that was really cool, Um, and it actually gave me an idea that we can talk about at some point, and that uh-huh. is that uh, we could actually do some degree work among this group. The Masonic Light degree team? Yeah. Oh, that okay. could be uh, interesting, huh? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. We're kind of like the replacement refs. or like the, Yeah. Like, I, do yeah. A pretty, I do a pretty good third. I can I, do I, a yeah. second. Right. I'm the best senior warden going. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I've been a Larry chaplain. Larry could be the Tyler. <laughs> oh, I, 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 have been a, I have been a chaplain. I'm a pretty and good And actually, person. you know them all, so, right? There you uh, go. Yeah. As far as anybody knows. Yeah. Okay. That's what the cards So what else are you up to, Tim? Um, basically, um, other than just kicking off the year um, in my own lodge, uh, Eureka West Shore Lodge number 302, uh, where I got to do a program 
uh, on a topic that we've covered numerous times, and that is the five aspects of Freemasonry. And I think we'll talk about that maybe a little later yeah, in the show. Yeah, I think that'll be a great topic. But yeah. uh, uh, anyway, that's been the real highlight to this point in the year. So uh, had a very restful holiday, and uh, I was uh, reflecting that it's been a long time since we've been together since Reading. So it has been almost a month. Yeah, Jack, what have you had going on? I went to the Grandmaster's Gala. I did not go to the actual installation ceremony, but I went to the uh, gala banquet the, the following evening. And that was a great time. Brought my wife. We, we made a long weekend of it in Philadelphia. We toured the Eastern State Penitentiary, which was very cool. Mm-hmm. And we went to the Barnes Foundation Museum and learned a little bit about art. And we just had a blast. In the dude was into uh, African masks. He was and impressionists. He was into impressionists a lot. And um, if you if you Rich look Little at, was his favorite. At my Facebook page, there is a picture called "Young Man with Skull." Uh, it's a Renoir, and uh, "Young Man with Skull" looks suspiciously like some aspect of Masonic stuff that you might have seen or experienced not in Pennsylvania. So listeners all over so, the world are Googling that right yeah, now. Yeah, so like scour my Facebook page for the uh, picture of uh, Renoir's Young Man with Skull. It's awesome. Uh, so other than that, I've really just been concentrating on Lodge here, working with the new candidates and the new, Mason, new Master Masons to make sure that uh, they know all the stuff that they're supposed to know and they're I'm going to tell you they're excited about it this everybody thought that this new learning thing was going to be a terrible burden and these guys are digging it they're working hard and they're learning the work and and we're really proud of them uh, I went yesterday down with a carload of guys to amicable St. John's Lodge to witness the installation uh, of a young man as the new Master, worshipful master of Amicable St. John's number 25 in Maryland. And he and all of the officers of Amicable Lo- Amicable St. John's Lodge were installed by their counterparts in the Grand Line. So it was, it was a really cool experience to see all the Grand Lodge officers up there participating in the installation of a new master. He's a 27-year-old kid. Um went um, uh, just really well-spoken, uh, young guy, but knows the work, knows the lodge. He's, he's passionate about it. And what I was really excited to see, and props to Amicable St. John's, if there's anybody from down there listening. Um, I don't think they have internet in uh, Maryland. They, they, um, actually, I have, we have a couple of fans down there. Okay. But um, on their list of, be, of officers being installed, of, of the 10 or 11 officers that were being installed, there were only three that were past masters, what they would call worshipful brothers, down there. And one of them was uh, the secretary, who is almost always a past master. Um, one of them is the marshal, and um, he's, uh, he's just a sort of a fixture in the lodge. Uh, and then there was one who is a placeholder until the guy coming up behind him can learn the work well enough to go to the east. So um, that's a sign of a good, healthy lodge when you've got that many people, that many new brothers 
taking chairs and and serving a lodge i think that i really commend them for that so uh that was really exciting and um so that's kind of that's kind of it for me we're looking forward to a great year at at effort lodge and um i don't know we'll talk more later Larry, what's up with you? I had a, a meeting today with Ken Hudson, brother Ken Hudson, at Masonic Village uh, to go over some plans on uh, trying to get together with the new head guy, which he wants to meet with Masonic Light Podcast, so I'll be setting that up with you. And by we'll be head probably, guy, you mean grandmaster? No, no. Not, not the grandmaster. The head, oh. the head, the head of Masonic the Village. Oh, 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 oh. Of uh, Masonic Village is okay. Incorporated. We are yeah, working right. with that head guy yeah. to try to get Yeah, there's a lot podcast. of head guys in this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't even say it, Pete. Just don't. Don't go there. Following through with several other things uh, also, too. So that was my biggie today. Uh, our, our lodge was, was closed uh, this past Tuesday because of a snowstorm that hit. And uh, otherwise, I would have reports. <laughs> there. What kind of a slot master would close the lodge did you get snow? The roads were wet. Oh, okay. <laughs> and all the stores were <laughs> out of was bread dark. and eggs. And you, you go to our lodge. You don't know how many phones that I, phone calls that I got. Oh, saying, yeah, hey, I'm not coming out. Oh, I, I believe that. I texted you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Ken and I were supposed to go, and we, we decided that being in our 70s, we didn't want to fall or have an accident. So. Yeah. Okay, that one you can do. Go ahead. <laughs> Just so you know, I, I did a Masonic funeral Depends. last night in that snowstorm. So <laughs> I drove to Maryland. Well, you had to go see him because yeah. he wasn't going to come see you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Larry, is that it? That's it. I guess I had a lot. We had. Uh, I finished up my year as uh, as worshipful marriage. No, finished up my year as what was my job? Grand Tall Cedar. What was my job? And um, we had a Grand Tall Cedar's going away breakfast that a bunch of us were here. Oh yeah, was that went, bad? Yeah, I know, Larry. I'm trying to remind you that uh, you went to the breakfast. Um, so that's done. I also finished out my year as. Sovereign Master of Allied Masonic Degrees. And uh, we had a, a meeting and a dinner, and that went very well. And we also uh, raised $1,800 for charity in that group. Uh, not Masonic, but I survived our Santa stumble that we do every year. And we raised uh, $40,000 for the mounted police and the canine units in Lancaster City. That Forty thousand awesome. dollars. Forty grand. Yeah. Uh, and you had not, th- not the attendance you had in the past years. No, it was it was cut down a little bit, but it was actually a fun amount of people. Because last year when we raised fifty three thousand dollars, it was it was obnoxious. It was so many people that you couldn't even get a drink in a bar because it was just too many people. This was apparently like the the perfect perfect the spot on the curve. Yeah. You know. That's that's awesome. Um, that's probably about it for me, Josh. Uh, I canceled a lodge meeting. <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, I think that really was. So you're zero for one. You're good start. One, yeah. That's yeah, a great, great start. Great start. Counts for some of the ones that you covered last year. So. Right. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. You were at Grotto. Yeah. You went to the grotto. Went to the grotto installation. Yeah. Yeah, but I forgot it. El Duce. <laughs> it was so long ago. Oh my god, did. that was like the fourteenth. <laughs> I missed it. I was stumbling. Yeah, that was yes. the night of your stumble. But we did install a new uh, uh, monarch in Uber Grotto, uh, El Duce. 
Jeff Fulton. Uh, Jeff Fulton. So uh, we look for great things from he's Jeff. He's off and uh, doing things that El Duce does, and mm-hmm. we're looking forward to a great year in Grotto. At least that's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. That's our message, and we're sticking to it. All righty. Well, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with our topic and a new sponsor. Well, not really a new sponsor, but I'll, we'll explain it. Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. back so tonight's episode is sort of brought to you brought is being brought to you by hidden still spirits they didn't give us any money but we did get we did sample a some of their product early before we got here early before yeah so uh and tell the significance of hidden still so jack or you've got the bottle tell us uh so um okay okay. uh you've got the empty bottle long story long uh, our, our brother and a fellow prophet of the enchanted realm, George Reppert, uh, is a, uh, a he's what is what, he's like the doctor of booze or he's what, a what drink he? rep. He's all right. He's a he's a rep for a uh, for distilleries yeah. around Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, he also has a name. He's uh, he's got some clever. God, I can't remember it. Sorry, George. But anyway, um, the the new grandmaster of masons in Pennsylvania. Um, is uh, Tom- Thomas Gammon the Fourth? Okay, they're pointing at, at me. Um, uh, has uh, in uh, in his grand line um, uh, a fellow named Ed Sto- uh, Ed um, Stein. Stein. Ed Stein has a brother who owns a distillery, and they have contracted all together um, to produce a, a bottle of. Bourbon, Pennsylvania bourbon, if you can call it that. Tim what, from Kentucky calls that. What an oxymoron. A, there you go. No. Uh, Pennsylvania bourbon is, in fact, an oxymoron. But, however, uh, they're calling it that. And it's from Hidden Still Spirits. Um, it's available on a limited basis. The bottles are all numbered. Um, I'm, I'm waiting for bottle number 665-PM. That would be my lodge for me. Um, and we tasted it, and it's 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 not bad. I've, I've had some and really what's the, dreadful. Oh, is it, what's it called? It's called Grandmasters. It, it's, it's called Grand Ma- the Pennsylvania Grandmasters blend, and and on the um, uh, the on the label is a square and compasses, and in the the lozenge of the square and compass is a fireman's helmet, which is Tom Gammon's um, fireman's helmet, and his uh, his call number five twenty five. 
uh, he's very involved in the fire department and in, in first responders and, and all that sort of thing. So this is kind of his logo for the year, and I'm sure this will be on his medallion when it comes out, is, is something similar to this. But um, he, he produced this in time for the installation, and I have from George that it was aged for uh, th- three years and three months, 33, um, in, in three barrels in, of uh, plywood, three plywood casks. casks of... <laughs> Bat drums in the backyard of <laughs> with faux wood paneling on the inside, and uh, so we 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 uh, at a at an undisclosed location previous to the show we tasted, and it's uh, our, ahead, our agree- You can give a review because okay. they're not. It's not a sponsor. He didn't give us any money. No, but if you'd like to, we can change our reviews. So the um, <laughs> the the general consensus that is is that it is drinkable. It's not bad. It has a very nice finish. It's a little bit hot going in, uh, the first you know four or five shots, um, <laughs> and then after that, it smooths out kind of nice, actually. Actually, I I would say after the first one. All right, I'll um, give you that. Being a connoisseur of bourbons, I would say that it is definitely very drinkable. Well, the first one definitely had corners on it when yeah, it went down. Yes, <laughs> yeah, broken uh, glass, maybe. Broken glass. No, not exactly. But uh, no, I, th- I think it's very good. We have had other attempts at Masonic. Um, it's better than Old Master Scotch. Better, <laughs> not even in the same ballpark. Oof, so with much that. better. Oh my god! And wow. no offense to our brothers in Maryland, I think it's actually better than, than the that, 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 that or, Tiger Distilleries. Yeah, yes. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yes, I use that to clean my sink with. <laughs> um, this is really good. So if you're looking for. Um, if you're not a real, if you're not a, if you're not a, a big bourbon drinker, th- this is really drinkable because sometimes bourbon has a really strong taste. Mm-hmm. Um, this is very mild, uh, other than that initial little. It's a nice caramel taste. It's 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 got a good. It's it is got very a good mix good. So, and a really nice finish. A very nice finish. Alrighty, so there you go, George. Um, hope you come back on the show. <laughs> you come on the show someday. Next time, bring money. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So, Jack, um, just a quick, this is not going to be a full-blown, like, hour topic. We're going to talk about 10 minutes on this. Um, The flood of light, so many papers, so little time. What's the kind of the background you guys have on this? So, I I just, uh, I'm 15 years into this, uh, and only this last year did I really start to understand maybe, kind of, sort of, some of what this might potentially be about. And it's only because I've, I've got the time now to, to reflect a little bit and, and expand my horizons. Uh, some of it has to do with our previous guest, Earl Fontenelle, uh, and his Schwepp broadcast. Uh, but um, but there, when I joined the fraternity and I started asking a couple simple questions like, okay, why St. John? What's that about? Um, what, what's the whole slipper thing? What, what is, you know... What is this cable toe? Um, I, nobody could answer my questions. And, and I went around to people that I knew that I thought ought to know, past masters of my lodge and, and other people around the district, and, and nobody could answer any of my questions. So I, I, I sort of had to dig, and I found a couple fun rabbit warrens to you know, dig around in. But there really wasn't very much out there in, in, the, in the mainstream of, of Masonic knowledge. There were a few things that were kind of highfalutin, like um, Quater Coronati Lodge and and the the you know the the 
lodge of research there's and, the, and the, the old timers like like Mackie and pike yeah and i read pike i read uh, right. i was uh, i think in my second year and i read morals and dogma from cover to cover uh and 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 there were he was talking about you know hermes trace magistus and and kabbalah and all of this stuff and i didn't it just went over my head it, i wasn't ready for it it wasn't it didn't do anything for me and you know they they say when the teacher is ready or when the student is ready the teacher will appear so i was apparently ready last year and i started finding this stuff well i mean to be honest you can't swing a dead cat over your head without hitting something now exactly and that's the point there's so much out there right now that's there's there's podcasts and blogs and and magazines and research societies and conventions there are 54 masonic podcasts out there 54. But Which you one? only need to listen to one. That's right. Is that Actually, counting all planets? I looked at the top <laughs> 10 Masonic number. podcasts as reported. So what are the other nine? Wait, 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 wait. Larry did research. Let's, so Larry, what are the other let's nine? Let's respect his research. I mean, hold on a let's, second. Are we, do, are we in the and top 10? Do we 10? make the top we 10? We are in the top 10. Get out of town. Get out of here. And one of the, According one to of the, us. <laughs> no. You can Google Masonic podcasts in the whole world and you'll see that. Well, it helps in the search engine thing that our name is called Masonic Light Podcast. <laughs> no, I have two of the three words in the search criteria. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, you're right. Masonic you're right. Podcast. But these are actual from apparently uh, people uh, like we, who do we run our podcast through? SoundCloud. Oh, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. SoundCloud and the various uh, um, other groups other groups that run podcasts. Which, by the way, we are now on iHeartRadio's podcast distribution. Whoa. Boom. I discovered that this and, week. And when will that check arrive? Whoa. It's out there. <laughs> iHeartRadio <laughs> podcast. One of the polls had us at three. Nice. Whoa. Yes. Let me guess. Masonic Roundtable. Not. Whoa. No. Winding. Winding, Winding stairs. stairs. Winding stairs. Okay. All right. And um, the theater um, thing. The what? The, oh, oh, the. They don't even do that anymore. I don't know, but they were on the list. They're getting a lot of replays. Yeah, they get wow. a lot of replays. Well, they should. They, they should have a comeback tour. Yeah. Masonic, like Masonic Radio Theater now, or now, whatever that yeah, was. Masonic yeah, Masonic Radio Theater. Yeah. Now yeah, and, yeah. And, and the other ones that are out there, yes, Masonic Roundtable is up in the top two or three, and we're down like about seven. Okay. But in the one of them that we're number three. Wow. So it's like you're using the Experian, not the TransUnion. There you go. Because <laughs> it gives you a higher credit score. Higher Firefox. Credit score. Yeah, no, that's, I'm sorry. Um, One more tool to add to the advertising program. Yeah. So so there's a lot of just podcasts. I mean, there's, there's what, 50, 54, what, 50, 54, 54. Podca- podcasts. So you can listen to podcasts. You can... You can subscribe to various magazines now. The California has a fantastic research lodge. Um, British Columbia has another fantastic lodge of research. Pennsylvania has a fantastic lodge of research now. All these people are putting out papers. AMD is exploding right now across the country. Um, And and all of AMD is putting out papers. So... And even Scottish Rite. Scottish Rite uh, with a hot great academy. Exactly. Exactly. Did so, I say it even close to correct? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and so, so it's really, it's really more a matter of what are you looking for now? And and there's so many places to find it. I, I think we've overwhelmed the anti-Masonic nonsense. That now, when you Google, you know, Freemason, the the anti-Masonic stuff is is kind of, 
it, it's obvious now and it's it's sort of trite um and and we've we've kind of overwhelmed it but um i don't know what do you guys josh you're you're a pretty learned guy when you go out to learn something about a masonic topic where do you go um well i mean i i just look wherever i can find whatever topic i'm looking at there's no like specific resources that i that i always you know look to for masonic stuff so um, but you're on the internet, right? I'm on the internet, yeah, for the and most part. That's where I do most of the research because most a lot of stuff has been, you know, copied to the internet at this point. Do you find any any sites that you're going back to over and over again? I have one. I'm going to express a little bit later on. That so I know the one site that I look at a lot is that that Freemasonry. What is it? Freemasonry. Freemason. dot com. Freemasonry dash. Freemason. No. Freemasons dash Freemasonry. dot com. Right. It's, it's They've been P- around Peter for a long Stones, time, right? P i e t r e stones, right? Um, yeah, it that, looks like it was built with Geo Cities, and they left it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's good. But the it's, content's good. The, there, it is so deep. It's a wonderful resource for new masons. You can type any topic into the search box, and you'll get six papers on that subject, and they're all they're all bona fide research, yeah. you know, uh, papers that are cited and 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 footnoted and and that's the kind of stuff that um that i think is is really exploding out now and and that's driving this whole new philosophical direction that we're taking um and um earl fontenelle used a phrase um he was real excited about being here by the way and anybody that didn't listen to that episode please go back and listen yeah i gotta listen to it um but earl (laughs) yeah because you know that's the thing um he in on his on his um, website. He he said we were in, I, I was interviewed by the Freemasons, ah, and he was very excited about it. And it was cool, and he used the phrase. Uh, he says we're we're doing all of this academic philosophical research, but these guys are doing practical philosophic research. So they're looking at ways to take all of this arcane philosophy and put it to work. That's what the Freemasons are doing, and I. I wish I had thought to say that. That's blowing um, my mind currently. Actually, yeah. actually, come to find out, Joseph Fort Newton said the same thing. He coined the phrase practical philosophy. Um, and that was, what, 100 years ago plus. But, but Earl came across it just organically um, in, in our conversations with him. And, and that's what's happening now. I just saw that in a post by Isaac today. Did you? He posted that exact quote. Isaac of uh, Mariner's Lodge in New York, which I'll talk about later. All right. So here we go. And, and what did he say about that? Oh, I'll have to find the post. I mean, he posted No, I want like, you to record it right now. Why he wants well, to I'll dig it up. No, it later. <laughs> he, right now. He posted a right meme. Now. Recite it from memory right now. It was a meme. It was a meme. How far, how, how, how hard could that be? We'll but, see. So, Tim, what, I mean, you're, as a, as a past master and a secretary and a fairly wise guy, what? Well, uh, other than calling Larry for help, I mean, that's usually who I go to. That's the first phone of friends. <laughs> no. Um, the website you mentioned is a good one. The Masonic Society uh, is really good. I love their publication. Um, and then every lodge in Pennsylvania, I believe, gets the Masonic Service Association um, short talk short bulletins. Talks, yeah. And they used to mass produce those, and um, they now just send a single copy to the lodge and give photocopy uh, rights to do that. And I believe their uh, website now is searchable, so you can actually go on and um, look up topics. And they have a podcast. And they have a podcast of it, um, which if you're ever – if you're 
the master of a lodge and your program person cancels on you last minute, those short talks make great little programs. Right. And they've been around forever. I they've think been around 1928, for a long, long I think, or right. something like that. They started doing that. So, so there has been, there has been information available, but, but the new Mason doesn't know where to go for it. Right. It's, it's perfect, typical Masonic stuff that, the old guys, and by old I mean long term in the fraternity, assume that the new guys know everything that the old guys know, and and they would know where to go for that kind of thing. They would know that there that there was a, a short talk. Bullet. Well, you know, I I always assume that when you talk about old guys, you're talking about me, and I take it personally. That's you, generally you fit that true. category. You fit that category. But okay, you fit both categories. So practical for practical things, I'd have to say. Me just finishing up my year in AMD, and in my specific AMD group, um, we're, we're we're called the Junto Council, and we base our kind of our theme around the Junto questions of Benjamin Franklin. So I tried to pick this last meeting one of the more obscure questions that I didn't really understand, and I threw it out there, and we had twenty two men discussing it in a room right and you know finally i heard one or two guys kind of like i don't know just like a paradigm shift like they were talking about these same words that we were saying but it made a lot more sense yeah i mean jack was there so i mean i like what was the word um fortitude no temperance temperance okay yeah, and it's like one of the words we throw around in Freemasonry, but we only think about it in regards to alcohol. Right. Because that's how, like, in America, we think of temperance movement. Right. But our forefathers did not mean it in that meeting. Right. So. And, and, and what they would do, I think, in a lodge meeting is they would have a discussion about it. And they would, they would talk about what the various aspects of that topic were and they would have a, a, a positive conversation about it and 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 a, what's called the socratic dialogue right where where two opinions come together to make a third that is closer to the truth and that's well i mean i guess for my i'm not a huge reader anymore um and when i do read i like fiction um but for me like that once a month having that discussion with a group of men that are smarter than me is re- I don't know that that that's kind of where I get my information, and and that's a great source, and and AM, and that's one of the reasons why AMD is the fastest growing body in Freemasonry. I think that's still true. Um, Yasser, you're welcome to call and rebuke me if it's not, but I think it is, and I hope it is, because it's it's small groups, and depending on the the AMD council that you're in, um, you know you may or may not be required to produce a paper. And, and here's, where, here's where I get into trouble. Because I have, as, as you've probably figured out, lots of opinions. And I'm not afraid to express my opinions or to defend my opinions. I'm also not afraid to change my opinion if you convince me that I might not be right. But there, is, there, there has been, and this is changing a little bit, um, a, a, a kind of a, a kind of a snobbery about Masonic writing and that you're not allowed to write anything unless you can footnote it 
and cite, cite examples and create a bibliography that's four pages deep that proves your point. And that's where I hang up because I don't have time for that. I have a job and a house and a family and I don't have time to travel around to libraries to see primary source material. I can't, I can't go to England and search the libraries of this or that. I can only, I can only digest the stuff that I've read and create opinions about it. And I'm, I'm very, very specific when I talk to the, to the candidates that are going through the, the degrees that I'm working with, that I'm the mentees, if you will, that everything you're about to hear is my opinion. And as Albert Pike said in the, in the preface to Morals and Dogma, uh, everyone is free to accept whatsoever herein may be found to be you know, untrue or unsound. We only ask that you come to it um, with, without any preconceptions, right? That's a paraphrasing, but, but that's it. it it's, this, is not, this is not, I'm not delivering dogma to you. I'm, I'm delivering you my opinion. So let's let's uh, since we're going to try and keep this at ten minutes, what um, if we want to button that up? There's a lot of knowledge out there now. So what, if we had to give one summarize this, summarize this. Just wow. our our point. Okay. Um, <clears throat> that go ahead. No, Tim. No, I think your statement of whatever you're looking for in Freemasonry is out there. All you have to do is seek it. Um, and, and if you're in a local lodge and your local lodge, it's not their bag. Maybe it's not, they're not the group of people that are into the kind of research and the ideas you are. Keep looking. Maintain your membership and be a good Blue Lodge Mason. But if you want to, there's plenty of groups and there's plenty of free information out there for you to expand your horizons. There's a ton. And bring it back to your lodge and maybe wake them up. That's, that's another opportunity. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll hear about Tim's discussion with the right, well, maybe not a discussion, but some information from the current, the brand-new Right Worshipful Grandmaster of Pennsylvania. At the historic Smithton Inn of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery, along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster all to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions. Just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market, and a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse, or Valley Forge, in Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life, one that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com, or simply call us at 717-733-6000. Nine four. Just ask for Passmaster Dave. And we're back. Um, as Pete mentioned before we uh, went to break, um, on December the 27th, um, 
which is St. John's Day. St. John's Day. Um, we were pleased to uh, uh, have Brother Thomas Gammon IV um, uh, take the oath and obligation to become Right Worshipful Grand Master of the I, I can never the Grand Lodge this. of Pennsylvania free and accepted Masons free and accepted Masons of Pennsylvania and Masonic jurisdictions thereunto belonging. Uh, I love that title. That's great. I love it. Uh, and as part of his inaugural address, um, he highlighted um, his uh, initiatives for the year, and um, I, I found them very interesting. And I think uh, uh, Masons, particularly all over the state of Pennsylvania, will find these interesting. And you'll be hearing. More about now, them. No, is it so? He had eighteen, but we're not going to. We're not going to go read through, through eighteen. We're not going to go through all of them. So I'm some gonna highlights. Summarize these. So um, hit the ones we can fight about. Tim. Yeah, the ones we can uh, talk about. Uh, one of the things that uh, in the past we've been able to do is open and close stated meetings, uh, what was called the short way. Um, they're now doing away with that. All stated meetings have to be opened in long form. Uh, in long form. Um, Everybody in, in, in ancient form. In ancient form. Uh, and, and, and okay, not that any of us have a vote because it is a grandmaster's edict. He's right when he says. But, I, but I, I think we all uh, we all give a thumbs up. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I think sometimes when wait, are we going to vote honestly here? Yeah, or do I'm going to vote. Are we yeah. going to keep our dues cards? Yeah. All okay. right. Um, anyway, I think sometimes when we get permission, sometimes we go too far and we tend to like make that the norm. Uh, and I think in all the different lodges that I looked at across that I've attended in the past few years, um, I think Brethren lost that practice of the ancient form. And so that, I, I certainly think that's great. Extra meetings obviously can still be open and closed short way. Uh, balloting, which uh, for the last few years had, it had been permissive to conduct by a voice vote, uh, it, we're, no more. Uh, all balloting for initiation and membership must be done with the ballot box. That that's one I I did want to have a quick, not a disagreement. I think it's perfect. It's fine. However, um, I effectively used the voice vote a couple times when I was master, mm -hmm. when there was going to be something controversial, mm -hmm. because when you can hide behind anonymity, it's really easy to throw a black ball, mm -hmm. and. Let's just say if it's a person of color is joining your lodge and you don't have a person of color in your lodge before, if you want to, like, say no, well, you better have the, the guts to stand up and show your hand mm -hmm. and explain why and not just be a coward. Right. And so, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 did, it, I did it once my year. Um, I did one voice vote, and that was because we had a really long yes. program. Yes, and I wanted to I wanted to clip as much off. We didn't we didn't sing one of the songs that we normally sing. We we had you know we opened short way. We had a we had a voice vote for the ballot, and and we got into the program because we had a guest waiting in the lobby. Right. right. And, but and I think that's one of those things that because of the per permissive nature of that, exactly. many lodges just only did voice votes. Correct. And so they lost the practice of actually conducting a ballot. So, I, yeah, so. I definitely agree with it. I just I, I found the one example. Uh, it's it, just unfortunate that we have to have a rule about it because yeah. too many people went too far. Right. right. Um, in the in Prior to this, in the last couple of years, we've been able to open lodges in the entered apprentice degree. Um, and I don't know that I saw a lot of that, although I did That's see some new, of though. it. That's new, though. That was new with, the, that, with, with yeah, the Gene. most previous one. Yeah, that um, was new with Gene. 
But now, um, official visits by the Grand Master will be in the Entered Apprentice degree. Uh, and then lodges will be permitted to have one additional one. Uh, if the Grand Master is not visiting your lodge, then you can have two, lo two meetings a year open in the Entered Apprentice degree. Um, and so um, that certainly, if you're bringing new, new candidates in, that would be an opportunity to get them into the meetings uh, right away. I, I, you know what, I, I, I understand why, but yeah. I, keep I keep giving the third degree um, sign when I'm in one of those meetings. <laughs> yeah, so, you're yeah. that guy? Yeah, I'm that right. guy because I just forget. Yeah. Well, one of the things the master has to do is remind everyone when we open, we're opening in the Internet Apprentice degree. So that's... Uh, so is, is that just the Grand Master visiting or District Deputy? Grand well, um, this came from my new District Deputy. I believe that this was something from the Grand Master. Um, you can have two Internet Apprentice meetings... If the Grand Master is coming, one has to be them. Now, your district deputy may say, I want it. I, I want, want the Entered Apprentice degree for my degree, and that okay. can be one. All right, let's hit, it, let's hit one or two more. Yeah. Uh, no more one day classes. Yay! Yay! I think we have unanimous vote on that. <laughs> Although, if a lodge or a district wanted to put one together, Grand Master said he would be happy to issue a dispensation for that. Um, Outreach programs are pretty much the same, just a continued emphasis on our help for the heroes and blood and donor program and stuff need to be pushed. Um, he really wants to see the organization continue to be a family organization, encourage social events that include families. Um, I'm trying to think. There's going to be ritual competitions. Um, an interesting twist on the ritual competitions. Feats of strength? No, and not airing of grievances. Um <laughs> Have it on festival team day. members for the competition <laughs> must be members of the fraternity for five years or less. Ooh, which I thought was really interesting to encourage new people coming in to get involved in this. Well, at least that way and they're going to get the, the current version of the ritual. Oh, well, that's true, <laughs> that's true. Um, it never changes, Pete. Freeborn, there's going to be a freeborn <laughs> is actually back. One no. black ball. yes, freeborn is back. Uh, and it's apparently it's been back for about a year, and I didn't know it until just a few mm -hmm. months ago. Anybody so. tell Moyer? Uh, no. <laughs> Moyer, call in, will you? <laughs> Can't wait for that phone call. Bang! Uh, let's see. What else? Um, there will be a, a new first responders pin, uh, and obviously he wants first responders recognized at one of the meetings. Um, mentoring. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, he wants to continue the emphasis on mentoring uh, new folks coming in um, as uh, master masons. And I believe there will be some follow-up to that uh, so that the Grand Lodge can actually monitor that um, lodges are actually mentoring new people coming in. So that's all I'll say about that at the moment. Um, Interestingly, he said, we do not need more members. We need more Freemasons, which I thought was really profound and, and certainly something that I agreed with, that it's not just the dues that we want. We want the men who are truly interested in being Freemasons. Uh, he asked that everyone replace yourself over the next two years. Is this a, a principle list that we can share up on our website? I believe so. Uh, I'll, I'll double check that. But okay. I believe that's something that every, if 
I know all the district deputies know that, and anybody that was present for his inaugural address uh, heard this. It was broadcast worldwide. And it was broadcast worldwide, so. <laughs> uh, interplanetary on the webs. Um, it's a and, series of tubes. Yeah. And then the last thing was actually something Galaxy we talked tubes. about earlier, which was uh, uh, the Grand Master's bourbon being bottled. Uh, and profits from this actually are going to be donated to the Grand Lodge and I believe the, uh, the Grand Master's charity. Uh, and more You're details, welcome, Grandmaster. More details will be coming out about that. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Now, let's segue into something a little different. You, you, Tim, took a topic we had on our show a few months ago, and you put it into practice. I guess your speaker didn't show up for a meeting, so you decided <laughs> to... Uh, no, actually, um, our incoming Worshipful Master of our current, our new master... Uh, Kenneth B. Robinson, who was actually a former guest of this show, he was here on the scouting episode, um, indicated when uh, he was installed that he wanted to have his programs such that it would engage our members who attend in conversation, uh, if not during the program itself, then at least after the fact. So um, he acknowledged folks may agree or disagree with some of the topics or uh, the points being made, but he wanted to encourage conversation. Nice. And so he asked me to, uh, uh, I shared with him the conversation that we had had, and actually it was an opportunity to plug the podcast. Um, we talked about the five aspects of Freemasonry, and I began that with a with an updated um, piece of a, of a program I did as Worshipful Master, which what I called the State of the Lodge, uh, where I gave some membership statistics, a little bit of history of the lodge, and so on. Um, it showed that actually as a lodge, we're actually doing a pretty good job of bringing some new folks in. Uh, about 25% of our lodge uh, is under the age of 50, uh, which I thought was pretty good. Of a lodge of 700, yeah. that was pretty good. Um, our oldest member was 101 years old, nice. is 101 years old. Our youngest is 20. Um we actually have, if I can get this to move, 32 members who are in their 90s. Wow. Um, so we've got, we've got a lot of history in the lodge as well. Um, and then what I began with is a discussion of the five aspects of Freemasonry, uh, which are historical, ritualistic, esoteric, fellowship, and charity. Um, and we spent some time talking about that. I won't go into that here, but uh, explaining to the, the men present what those meant. And then as a teacher, um, I said, I have an assignment for you. I handed them a piece of paper and I, the question, they had two questions. One, why did you join? And they were told to assign points, much as we discussed, you have 10 points, spread them out across these five um, areas, historical, ritualistic, esoteric, fellowship, and charity, um, and tell us why you joined. Um, and within Eureka West Shore Lodge, we found that 37% of our folks who attended the meeting, and again, that's kind of defining the universe there. All four of them. Yeah. Well, no, actually, we had 67, I think, present. Wow. That's a good um, meeting. It was actually our, it, it was a low night for us. We average about 75 or 80 uh, in attendance at our wow. lodge. So, nice. About our attendance um, all year. Um, <laughs> 37% joined for the historical reasons. 37? 37%. 13% joined for ritualistic reasons. They liked the idea of the ritual. 8% for the esoteric, 
28% for the fellowship and 13% for the charity. And then once they did that, um, I said, the second question was, what would you like to experience more of in your Masonic journey? Same five topics, same 10 points. Same people. Same people. Um, and the numbers changed a little bit. It was interesting. 28% uh, wanted to experience more fellowship, which encourages our social events and so on and so forth. Um, 20% wanted to hear more of the history. Sometimes we feel like we talk too much about that, uh, but 20% uh, wanted more of that. Uh, and then 16% uh, more ritual and more charity uh, conversations. But in front of both of those at 19% was the esoteric. So about a fifth of those present. Um, so, so, so wait, is is that points scored? That's points scored. So it's not nineteen percent of the respondents, right? It's of the of the po- it's of, of the, the points. total number of points allotted. Yes. Okay. So okay. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, we saw some shifts for why people came in versus what they wanted uh, more of or, or wanted to experience more of. Uh, but then, while all of these numbers were being tabulated by the uh, Uh, people I coerced to uh, be my counters, we entered into a conversation, uh, and this was a conversation back and forth where, uh, as I shared with you guys before the show, typically our programs, if they get longer than about 15 minutes, uh, people start looking at their watches and Start looking at the door. How Please long share that with Larry when he does his program. Go give ice cream, get the ice cream and stuff afterwards. The program went about 40 minutes. Whoa. Wow. Um, and I've had, never had one go that long. Had, and here's the thing of it. No one was asleep at the end. Um, and several folks came up afterwards and said, thank you. That was incredibly interesting. Uh, it's the first time I've ever engaged in that kind of conversation like that. Uh, and it was incredibly well received. So we're going to actually put the little worksheet up on our um, website. Uh, and somehow. Somehow. We'll, we'll fig- find somebody that knows how to do we'll that. Well, what do we that, should but- do is try to go into like Survey Monkey or something yeah. like that. And yeah. Well, and I'm also willing to have share follow-up this PowerPoint, um, which yeah. will share the data. Um, and any secretary in the state of Pennsylvania... Uh, has access to this kind of data. Now, the, the thing to remember is the data is only as good as what's in there. So, I mean, I've spent three years really trying to update, you know, birthdays, uh, update addresses and phone numbers and that kind of thing. Wives' names? Um, spouses' names, mm-hmm. definitely. We, we, that was our big focus this year. Um, we had an embarrassingly low number Mm-hmm. of uh, spouses' information uh, in our database coming into this year. Um, and nearly everyone who turned in a sheet with their dues uh, completed that this year. So Good. Um, that's what I've been spending a lot of time doing, going in and updating that. Um, and what we found, more so than, sorry, my spouse died, um, is my spouse died and I've now remarried. Mm-hmm. So the spouse information that was in there was inaccurate. Not only inaccurate, but embarrassing. Embarrassing. Right. You know, when I go to Pete and say, oh, how's Judy doing? Oh, Judy died 15 years ago. I'm now married to Martha. Um, you know. Um, Does Steph know? Yeah. <laughs> that was an example. Sorry. So, anyway. All right. Well, thank you, Tim. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's, that's putting it to work. Yep. 
That's great. Well done. All righty. So, um, Jack, do we have any Masonic news, or am I catching you off guard here? Oh, oh you, you are, in fact, catching me off guard. And if I speak slowly enough... I'll be no. Go ahead, uh, move on to something else. All right. Well, how about this? We'll take a quick break. We'll listen to uh, Jim Stevens. We'll come back. We'll hear the Masonic news, find out what we're up to and what's coming up, and Larry can get us the heck out of here. It's time for the Lodge Business Brief with Brother Jim Stevens. Well, again, Masonic Light Podcast listeners, this is Jim Stevens with another Lodge Business Brief. Groupthink is a nefarious foe. It occasionally happens to the best functioning group, and often happens to those groups that are not functioning well. Groupthink happens when a group arrives at the wrong decision and then acts on that decision to often negative results. Along the way, the group ignored, devalued, and did not pursue red flags and warnings that they were on the wrong path. If any of the warnings had been heeded, they probably would have made a different decision. Well-known examples of groupthink are the Bay of Pigs invasion, the space shuttle accidents, and Pearl Harbor. The 2020 vision of history makes the errors obvious, but the people involved in the various decisions did not see them. The causes of groupthink are many, but a few of the leading reasons are unfortunately common in fraternal organizations. One or more dominant people control the agenda and discussions. Fear of or limitation of creativity, including doing it the way it has always been done. The creation of artificial constraints. This is related to the lack of creativity. We often put up barriers that don't actually exist. For example, only a past master can be a secretary. The need for harmony or being part of something. And lastly, a high group cohesiveness which forces the rejection of dissenting ideas. Fortunately for us, knowing the causes also provides visibility into the ways to avoid groupthink. A few suggestions are, leaders should encourage each other to take the role of critical evaluator. If that does not happen, the leader should appoint a person whose job it is to disagree and provide a counterpoint. Leaders should not express opinions when assigning tasks or work. Leave the group to make their own determinations. Leaders should not attend all of the group's meetings. Leave them to work without any undue influence. Not only does this limit the leader's singular influence, it keeps them neutral. They will then be able to better see alternatives, red flags, and ask probing questions. For critical functions, two independent groups can be created to work in parallel, then compare the ideas. The final decision can then be either the best of the two or a combination of the solutions. External opinions can be used, including the external evaluation systems, consultants, and guests. Don't be afraid to ask another worshipful master for their input. Prior to investigation, the group can determine a rigid definition for success. This prevents the weakening of the group's intent. Groupthink is hard to see happening. Leaders of all types should be on the constant guard against its negative effects. Additional ideas on how to more effectively identify and fix problems can be found in my book, Lodge Business, The Theoretical Application of Entrepreneurial Business Practices to Blue Lodge, available on Amazon. This is Jim Stevens with your Lodge Business Brief. In Masonic News Today. As Australia roils in the shadow of the worst wildfire epidemic in recorded history, the Grand Lodge of Victoria has declared that all lodges in the state shall henceforth be non-smoking lodges. 
In related news, a plan to merge with the Grand Lodge of Tasmania is being discussed. Be the change, the Grand Master said, at a recent bucket brigade while tossing seawater on a smoldering wallaby. But seriously, from the ashes, ye shall rise. Keep the faith, brothers. You are in the prayers of Masons around the world. That's the Masonic news. So more it was. Nice save. Nice save. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our, our, it, it is terrible. It's yeah. awful. Oh, it's yeah. unbelievable. It's, orange. Yeah. it's a whole. The whole continent yeah. looks like it's I on fire. I think Jack Aquilina has actually erupted into flame um, because we haven't heard back from him since you know we sent messages and stuff. So. And I. Yeah, I said the big. I told somebody the big difference. Steve Austin too. In America, it's like in California, only where like the very wealthy people are that burn. Mm -hmm. In Australia, it's it's everything. It's everything. Yeah, and yeah, it's because it's it's, you know they're deforesting like these areas that. You know, people are living in the United States in these areas where they shouldn't be living. Right. And the, the yeah. And and all that will be left are the invasive species after it's after it's all done. There's so many invasive species down there now. It's it's awful. And uh God God knows we're we're with you. There's nothing we can do except watch it burn and uh pray for rain. And pray for rain. I think it's amazing when you see some of the pictures from down there. We we think of animals as uh as a different kind of species, of course, they, they certainly are. But when you see them interacting with humans because their life was saved by a human and they're hugging them and they're, they're, the animals are crying, I mean, it, it's amazing. And it makes you rethink your, 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 your feelings about animals as a species. They do have a brain. They do think. They're apparently not maybe as long as we do or don't focus on it, but... They certainly can sense someone uh, helping them and keeping them alive, and they show appreciation for it. I mean, it is absolutely amazing to see this on film and on stills. It's mm. Incredible. Indeed. Makes you begin to think differently about all animals. Who are you, and what did you do with Larry? <laughs> <laughs> that may be the most <laughs> profound 42 wow. seconds of Larry's wow. podcast. I, I'm not even going to snark at that. Well, that, wow. is, that was That's beautiful, too, Larry. I hope, I hope we got that on tape. Please let yeah. us get that on tape. Someone get that the Jungle Josh, Jack Hanna. Josh, start the recording right now. <laughs> uh, okay. Does anybody have anything going on? Tim, you have anything going on that you're oh, coming up for my you? My calendar Ooh. is packed. Um, coming up over the next few weeks, there are a number of secretary trainings that we'll be doing with the 2nd, 3rd, and 42nd Masonic District and maybe a couple of others uh, in Carlisle on January the 11th um, in Leighton, Pennsylvania. I have no idea. Leighton. 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 Uh, February the 15th. Uh, actually, January it's the It's a 610 area code, okay. but the yeah. uh, local calling is in the 570. Okay. Just go saying to, that go as to a coal former, country and turn left. Yeah, as a go. former Bell Atlantic employee, <laughs> I know there, the weird exchange is there. So. Up near the border of New York, just south of Binghamton, is a place called Hop Bottom. Um, yeah, baby. But let me tell you what, I'm doing a training up there on the 25th. Bounce it has the best cigar lodge I've ever been in. <gasps> what? And I am so looking forward to 
meeting with the district deputy and the folks up there. And, a hot and all bottom the cigar. Better than, hop bottom. Better than DNS? That is not DNS. Wait, uh, hop, I like DNS. hop with a P? Hop with a P. Hop with a P. Oh, yes. interesting. All right. Um, and then on f- from February the 5th Craft through the beer. 9th, uh, is Masonic Week down in Arlington, Virginia. Mm. And um, rumor has it that there might be um, a host or two uh, at that event uh, looking for interviews. Just uh, no, sit in the bar upstairs. Sit in the bar upstairs if nothing else. Uh, and then, uh, by the way, I forgot to mention uh, Lucius Acaritas uh, AMD Council 453 will be meeting on January the 17th. How many so, carrots? What? Uh, Lucius Acaritas. Uh, January 18th and 19th, uh, the Tall Cedars Midwinter, Midwinter Convention in Gettysburg. Um, now, here's the cool, the coolest thing I'm going to be doing, and um, I don't think they need the advertising, but I'm throwing it out there if anybody wants to meet me. Um, January 25th, I am going up to New York City. Yes. To the Grand Lodge of New York. Um, Mariner's Lodge number 67 and their website is mariners67.org they're having their maritime festive board and beefsteak banquet this is $150 a person Mm. it is five or six courses of Mm. meat Mm. meat like just you start off with salmon and it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous so ridiculous they give you a um, a butcher's apron to wear to protect your afterwards to protect your tuxedo Um, it it comes with beer and wine included Um, but rumor has it that um, you could probably bring in a bottle of jameson if you're willing to share nice so um yeah anyway i'll be going i'll be meeting a lot of friends up there um Anyway, if you can uh, swing a hotel room in, in Manhattan, If there come on is out. a snowstorm that hits hop bottom that weekend, I'm on the train. Uh, March 13th. <laughs> March 13th at the Valley of Reading. I will be the, myself and the rest of the Francis Marion Highly chapter of Rose Croy will present the Feast of the Paschal Lamb. That's um, exciting. You I got will, that all out without stumbling at all. That I will was be, impressive. I will be the Damn. night steward orator, and uh, if you want a good Catholic boy at a Masonic event <laughs> to explain Passover <laughs> to you. There's a multicultural event. I got you, boo. I understand there's a lightning storm uh, scheduled for that day as well. So, yeah, I'll be explaining the uh, Passover and the foods on our Passion Cross banquet table. Nice. Awesome. Um, let's see here. If you want to visit Scottish Rite, nmj.org, uh, you can find out when all the reunions are coming up because some of the jurisdictions start earlier. I think ours around here are not till May. But um, Don't they have some cool stuff at a website called Marketplace? They do. You can go into the Masonic Marketplace and buy a cool hat. Um, is that the hat you're wearing? No, my hat is from the Valley of Reading. It's very special. Only because they printed that on the back. Yeah, yeah. and um, or if you want to get educated, you can go into the Hot Grade God Academy. Hot God. So the website's huge. There's lots of things to do in there. Huge, huge. Did you say huge? Is it orange? Yeah. All right, Larry. Let's say anybody has anything going on. Just take us out of here. You're ready to go. Yeah, it's like midnight. Is it? <laughs> All right, cue the chickens. 
special thanks to Effort Lodge, and we are back in Effort Lodge 665. Yeah, baby. For continuing to make this wonderful top 10 Sonic Light podcast. Number 665. In the universe. 665. Thanks to Josh Lamberton, our producer and director, who continues to make the show good. Thanks to Jack Harley, our news director. Thank you. And please address all correspondence to Jack Harley at <laughs> so-and-so effort of Pennsylvania. Uh, to Tim Denman, our marketing director, and our Masonic-like podcast contributors, Michelle Snyder and Jim Stevens. I really don't have a closing other than that tonight, so I'm going to say this is Larry Maris. Uh, I do thank you for listening, and come back again. On our next episode, we are going to be interviewing... A young man who is a like the head groundhog, and he's, we're going to be next episode. We're going to talk about groundhog lodges in Pennsylvania and the Masonic connection. And did we do that last month? No, no, we didn't. We're going to do it for next episode. Yeah, I'm Pete. You guys catch you later. And this is Tim and Jack and Josh. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye everybody. There it is. Masonic Light Podcast. I guess I should have listened to my critique of episode 85. I introduced myself as Past Master. I forgot my name. Anyway, Past Master Moyer. Maybe you want to put that in there uh, whenever you put this on whatever podcast, although you may not want to use the one I just sent you. And this correction. Bye.